0: When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m. Hey you all. Weird medicine
1: loves blue apron. I do it, Dr. Scott does it. Blue Apron delivers farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your door. And their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system setting the highest standards ingredients and building a community of home chefs. It's fun getting the box, opening it up, cooking stuff you've never cooked before. These are all recipes that I've never cooked before and I learned some new techniques, particularly one on how to cook salmon that I use every time I cook salmon now. You choose chef design recipes and they deliver fresh seasonally inspired ingredients and you cook these incredible meals in as little as 20 minutes. You let Blue Apron do the meal prep for you. There's no waste. If they say you you need two radishes, you get two radishes. Go trying to go to the grocery store and buy two radishes or three tablespoons of balsamic vinegar. Um, you know, you get at least three recipe recipes 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 built with your busy schedule in mind. Where Blue Apron has done the meal prep for you, they prepare the sauces, spices, and ingredients. Quick and easy recipe options with insanely delicious flavors. And they offer a range of recipes bursting with flavor, whether you're looking for a quick and easy meal or a full culinary cl- cooking experience. Blue Apron lets you choose from a range of recipe options. Get out of your cooking rut and experience the joy of new recipes. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com medicine. That's blueapron.com medicine to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
2: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com.
3: I've
4: got diphtheria crushing my esophagus.
1: I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart
3: valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out, and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill
1: for all my ailments, the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a
4: requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve.
1: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the Internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Lady Diagnosis, and at DR Scott WM. Visit our website at WeirdMedicine.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, or whatever. All right, very good. Hey, uh, don't forget uh, to check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all of your Amazon needs. It uh, really makes a huge difference, and we appreciate you uh, using that. It's a click-through site. You go there, click through to Amazon. You can also scroll down and see products that we've discussed on this show, including the Womanizer, which is a new sex toy that we hear wonderful things about. And uh, yeah, we just hadn't quite gotten around to trying it out yet. But, but uh, if you try it, let me know uh, what you think. I've gotten some insanely uh, uh, great testimonials on that. And don't forget tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D for the best earbuds for the price, and uh, Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, and the aforementioned blueapron.com slash medicine for three free meals. Uh Uh, You can uh, get some uh, freebies from untuckit.com if you use the offer code MEDICINE. And uh, I believe that's free shipping or 20 – no, it's 20% off your first order. And then if you're interested in um, our uh, uh, archives, right now you can listen to the first or the last five episodes free. Go to premium.drsteve.com. That's premium.drsteve.com. For $1.99 a month, you can get um, uh, archives forever. And listen to it on the Weird Medicine app. That's the easiest way to do it. Weird Medicine uh, app on iTunes or uh, Google Play. So, hey, there's some new research published in the Journal of Annals of Rheumatic Diseases that shows an innovative blocking agent can stop the degeneration of cartilage when injected into the joint, so this cool. is for people with osteoarthritis or wear and tear arthritis. Um, it it occurs most often in the hands, hips, and knees, but it can affect the spine as well. Thirty million adults in the United States have osteoarthritis, including your old pal, Doctor Steve. I'm getting some in my hands, which is kind of slowing down my synthesizer playing and me. And you as well? Yeah, a little bit in my knees, a little bit in my shoulder. Yeah, well, you were a, a, a an elite athlete. Yeah, a little
5: bit of, and, too uh, much
1: wear and tear. I've noticed elite athletes get uh, osteoarthritis in their knees pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely the most prevalent form of arthritis, and, uh, you know, there's really no cure for it. Uh, but these scientists may have found a treatment that promises to stop the disease from progressing. Uh, so these would be people who've already shown some uh, – some, Uh, wear and tear of the cartilage in their joints and what they want to do is stop it from growing. we have no disease modifying treatments right now we've got disease mollifying you know treatments we can make it seem better Mm -hmm. but the disease itself just keeps getting worse Mm -hmm. and uh, so the researchers started by focusing on a molecule that they previously found to cause inflammation break down cartilage and deplete the body of collagen. And so that's sort of our, the body's plastic, right. you know. And in this new study, the scientists developed a compound that blocks that molecule, molecule. So the first thing I had to do was identify the molecule mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to block it. And um, let's see here. They, they recently discovered a molecule called microRNA 181A5P. Cool. Say that five times real mm-hmm. fast. Has a critical role in destruction of the joints. In the present study, the team wanted to see if a blocking agent can counter this damaging molecule, so they tested therapeutic potential of so called locked nucleic acid antisense oligonucleotides Ooh. in rats, rodents, cell cultures, and t- tissue samples from people from knee and spine osteoarthritis. And more specifically, they had tested the effects of a blocker <laughs> called LNA. MIR18181A5PASO and found it to be effective. In this study, we provide the first evidence that intraarticular injection of in vivo, that means actually in a body, as opposed to in vitro, which is in the test tube, grade uh, this stuff, I'm not going to say the, the molecule again, can attenuate cartilage degeneration in preclinical models. Okay, preclinical means they're not trying it in humans yet. So right. that's the, that would be the next thing. First, you've got to, is it going to be safe in humans? Right. And then can we try it in humans? Mm-hmm. So they'll do efficacy studies. They'll do safety studies. If all this stuff works, they'll figure out a way to make billions of dollars yeah, off of it.
5: Absolutely.
1: And uh, uh, the um, our orthopedists have plenty of other stuff they can do other than replacing knees. Absolutely. So if we can, uh, you know, put them out of business on that one, let them concentrate on other stuff, it'd be good. hmm so, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. This blocker is based on what they call anti sense technology, and it uh, blocks the destructive activity caused by this micro RNA and stops cartilage degeneration. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this probably won't help me, probably won't help you. Uh oh. Yeah, probably not. I think. Oh, you know who that is. We may be past help. Tacy, you're on Weird Medicine. Uh oh. We're <laughs> out right on time. She can't even just
5: say hello. No, you know what? And the crazy thing is, we're now we're now doing this on another uh, normal day, and she can still find manage to yeah. find find well, out when we're recording. That just speaks
1: to how many times a day she calls me. That's true. It really is what it is. She's got a
5: you know about a and it's after like fourteen thousand calls a day. you're she, gonna... she doesn't
1: know what I do for a living because mm-hmm. she no. just call me whenever. No. All right. So that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool.
5: You know, I, I kind of wonder if, if they w- would start giving it at an earlier age to kids, especially that are pretty active. Or mm. if this is it at, you know, well, after they
1: reach puberty or once they've reached down the start road, showing some pain, you know, if they can demonstrate, which they pretty much can, mm. that like playing football results in osteoarthritis 10 years later. Yes. Could they um, uh, use this prophylactically to try to prevent. Uh, osteoarthritis, and you'd have to identify very specific populations of people who are at very high risk. But yeah, you could do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's pretty cool. It is awesome. I got another one. Um, This is from the European uh, Society for Medical Oncology. Uh, They had their uh, 2018 Congress, and uh, they had uh, two new studies that showed that people with sarcoma, which is a... uh, Type of uh, tumor of connective tissue often take complementary and alternative medicine with little regard for the potential risks or ways they may interact with conventional cancer treatment. Now, hmm. um, this is no surprise. People who have cancer, people have high blood pressure, people have depression take alternative, complementary, and alternative medicine right. stuff. Uh, they go they go to Doctor Scott and he throws needles at them and yep. then uh, uh, hits them up with some. Uh, uh, you know, dung of a flying squirrel and flying some other things, fee yeah. and other things Good like stuff. that. And uh, but what Doctor Scott will do, which other people won't do, if you just walk into a health food store and just start picking stuff off the shelf, is uh, because he went to four year traditional Chinese medical school. He knows which of these medications may have potential interactions with other things. Exactly. exactly. he'll warn people about it. Absolutely. So,
5: and plus, um, I evaluate all their medications and.
1: Yeah, consult their, you know the, the prescribers if we need to. These guys looked at drug to drug interactions between complementary and alternative medications and conventional cancer treatment, such as chemotherapy or these things called uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitors, and uh, they found that this stuff is not without risk. Mm. And they said that forty four percent of the participants weren't interested in complementary and alternative medicine before they got a cancer diagnosis, but they certainly were after because, you know, you're desperate to try anything. Absolutely. Just like I did with my neuropathy. Yep. You know, I wasn't taking supplements. Well, I was taking vitamin D, I guess, but um, mm-hmm. I wasn't taking supplements before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got desperate when my neurologist said, oh, I don't have anything. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I searched the medical literature. I did it a little bit differently. I just didn't go to the health food store and say, you know, you got anything for neuropathy, That's man? Right. That's right. I, I went to pubmed.org and looked for dietary supplements that have data that show that there's a benefit in peripheral neuropathy mm-hmm. or damaged nerves in the fingers, hands, and feet. And uh, I found, you know, several studies that pointed to some nutritional supplements. Mm-hmm. So I take those. So that could be considered alternative medicine mm-hmm. because my neurologist, didn't prescribe it for me but uh, at least there's medical data behind it Uh, it said the internet and other media were the top sources of information for these respondents (laughs) that's the problem friends and healing professionals came second and third respectively 15% were friends so 43% went to the internet 15% went to friends and only 14% went to, uh, uh, you know, healing professionals. And uh, let's see, um, they, okay, they addressed precisely the risk of drug-to-drug interactions They reviewed data on 202 patients treated for sarcoma with chemotherapy or these other things called tyrosine kinase inhibitors. And uh, uh, drug-to-drug interactions occurred in 18% of the cases. And let me see if there was any particular drug that they did. They list the drugs um, that were the biggest offenders. They really didn't say anything about that. Hmm. Uh, uh, They said, uh, um, you know, that they acknowledge the benefits of exercise, mindfulness, yoga, acupuncture and hypnosis. And as an addition to conventional cancer treatment, however, oh, here we go. Antioxidant supplements including herbs, minerals, vitamins, and phytoestrogens have not been linked with any part of uh, positive or harmful effects. So they didn't really list the ones that, you know, I would be interested in uh, <clears throat> the the um, complementary medications that cause the most problems. But that's the one thing they don't list in this article. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just if you're going to take this stuff, talk to your provider about it. You may feel like, oh, well, they won't talk to me about it. No, they will. If someone brings in something to in to my oncology practice Mm -hmm. and says I want to take this supplement, there's a bunch of different websites and uh, online or you know uh, uh, computerized uh, resources that I have, including a um, a system called Hippocrates, another one called UpToDate, where we can look these up and see if it's going to be a problem with what you're taking. Uh, looking for drug interactions and stuff. And the things that you're worried about are drug interactions that cause arrhythmias, that it, it, there's a, a, um, a certain class of drug that can increase a parameter on your EKG called the QT interval. And when you prolong that, it it increases the risk of a certain arrhythmia called torsade de pointes, which uh, uh, can be fatal and certainly will end you in the, uh, um, emergency it, department for sure, emergency department yeah. or the ICU if it happens. So, uh, you know, these are things that we can help you with. So, please uh, bring those supplements with you to your doctor's appointment and show the or you know, when I say doctor, I'm using shorthand to your healthcare provider's mm-hmm. office, including your NP and PA, absolutely, and uh, clinical nurse specialists and advanced practice nurses, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, an MD or DO. And it's just so I make sure I say everybody because I'll start getting (laughs) emails from people Um, and uh, just bring them in. Let them look them up. If they will not or if they shit on you, find somebody else because they're not worthy of the uh, title, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. We need to have an open mind and we know that our patients are using these things. Yeah. And uh, some of them may be helpful. right? Well, like the ones you're taking are helpful. Yeah. But some of them are not helpful. That's right.
5: You know, and. And. Some of them can some be of, even can worse be than not helpful. Very very dangerous herbs. Yeah. So yeah. it's vital that you you let everybody know what you're taking. Yep.
1: Communication. Yep. Cha cha. Yep. There you go. All right. You got anything over there? or Should we t- yeah. do some phone? Calls? Yeah. I was looking
5: real quickly. Kind of interestingly, and I was surprised that there there was a research um, study done on almost a thousand children in Spain, and the children. Um, who were um, up to age three were in, uh, followed in a daycare. They were at a higher risk to have upper respiratory infections if they used um, soap and water versus a hand sanitizer. Really? Which, which yeah, I, was, I was very surprised. I thought, well, that's exactly the opposite of everything we've ever. So if ever they used
1: soap and water to wash risk. their hands. Yep. Up to 21% higher.
5: Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was very surprised. I'll do some more digging on this to
1: to find out what exactly it's about. I mean, do they, that would bring up the question do they have potable water in that daycare? (laughs) Right. I was in uh, um, the Dominican Republic once, and um, I was staying in a hotel in downtown Santo Domingo. It wasn't one of the resorts, and I was there on business. And, uh, you know, I was brushing my teeth and drinking the water oh, and out goodness. of the faucet and all oh, this goodness. stuff. And I, I speak Spanish, and uh, but I didn't notice the little sign next to the uh, faucet that said, you know, El Agua no es potable. No es which potable. Meant, which means that the water is not, <laughs> not drinkable. Potable, yeah. And I shat myself for the next, you know, three days. And... Uh, I've had a little bit of that myself. We probably ought to talk a little bit about traveler's diarrhea. A lot of times it's not an actual infection in this, but uh, or a parasite. Sometimes it's just that they have different bacteria on the surface of their fresh vegetables mm-hmm. and in their water mm-hmm. that our bodies aren't used to. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I go to Hawaii – and that's in the United States. I know the water's clean. I know everything's clean. Mm. But when I go to Hawaii, I will get the shits for two weeks afterward. Ugh. And um, it has everything to do with just different bacteria on the surface that's colonizing my gut biome that my body ain't used to. Right, and. Um, I'm just particularly sensitive to that.
5: Yeah, it creates a little bit of an irritable bowel, I guess. Yeah, that's
1: and, kind of what it does. Yeah, yeah. but it's not, an, it's not a parasite. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with the water or the food. It just has different colonies of bacteria on it than, than what I'm used to around here. True. And again, I just happen to be sensitive to it.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, uh, if you want to prevent traveler's diarrhea, they recommend that you uh, use a bismuth subsalicylate. And that is uh, Pepto Bismol tablets. Peptobismol terrible acid, mm-hmm. but it's really pretty good for uh, preventing um, uh, turista And the the reason is is the uh, the molecule itself has very high surface area, and it just kind of binds all those bacterial toxins and partial bacterial bodies that are hitting up against your uh, um, uh, it, it, uh, GI tract mm-hmm. and causing inflammation. Right. You know. So. Uh, and then uh, there are some docs that will give you a prescription for a fluoroquinolone uh, to take if you get it. Now, uh, and that's a specific type of antibiotic. Don't take fluoroquinolones just for no reason because they can cause some, some real problems, including, weirdly, Achilles tendon, tendon rupture. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that happens. I would love to know what the mechanism of that is. Uh, we could probably look that up. That might be something good for sure. you to look up, Dr. Sure, Scott. Sure. Just look up quinolone and uh, Achilles tendon rupture.
3: You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside.
0: When you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's a N G I.com. Um, okay. You want to take some questions? Let's do it. All right, let's go.
5: Number one thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio.
1: It's absolutely true. All right. A little dead air there. Mm mm-hmm.
4: hmm. Hmm. I've had over the years, I'd say at least seven, eight years now, Almost uh, at different points of the day, almost I would see kind of like traces. I would see like little, not even like more than an inch, uh, like black lines that would come and go. I would see sparks that would kind of come and go. And I would feel these kind of sensations in my head, almost like blood flowing, if you want to call it that, like almost like electric kind of a sensation. And it would, again, come and go. doesn't cause me any real issues. I've had tests done, MRIs. Uh, with contrast, without, and everything seems fine. I've had eyes eye exam last year, everything seems fine with that. But I still, over the last, like I said, over five, six years, I've experienced these kind of sparks, flashes, these little tracers that come and go and disappear.
1: And- yeah, very interesting. So you wonder uh, when you see traces, is there something wrong with the eye? Is there something wrong with the uh, area around the. Um, Uh, The the uh, visual center of the brain. Mm -hmm. And that could be migraine. You know, when people have the constriction of the vessels that starts a migraine, they have uh, changes in the blood flow to that part of the brain and they'll see auras. You know, they might see uh, cascading marquee sort of lights that look like, um, you know, a marquee Mm -hmm. uh, marching lights that march through the um, uh, through the periphery of the vision. But this isn't that. It's just real quick and it's there and it's gone. Sometimes you'll get flashes of light when you have uh, 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 tension on the retina caused by a retinal detachment. Mm-hmm. But he's had his eyes checked and it's not that. I'm assuming that they looked for that because that would be the first thing they would look for. They didn't have that. But he also has this electricity feeling in his brain. And this sounds very much like a thing called a brain zap. Mm-hmm. Now, I had brain zaps uh Bad when I came off of my antidepressant, um, Cymbalta or Deloxetine. I came off of it. I wasn't on it because I was depressed. They put me on it for abdominal pain. It really didn't do very much. So when I came off, and I felt like a zombie on it. Mm-hmm. That was just me. Lots of people do really well on it. I didn't need it, so it didn't do very well for me. If you need it, it makes you feel pretty good. Um, so, uh, but when I came off of it, I had a horrible, um, because I'm an idiot, first off. I just stopped it suddenly. <laughs> Instead of tapering off of it, mm. I stopped it suddenly. And uh, for two weeks, I had Terminator eyes. Oh, wow. Meaning that, you know how in the movies when the Terminator's eyes move, you hear those servos moving, sort of yep. that real high-pitched sort of yep. beep, 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 yep. when their eyes move? So when I my eyes would move, I would hear that, like I had servos hmm. in the back of my eyes uh, controlling my eye movements. And I would have these brain zaps, and uh, I looked them up, and they're pretty common in people who have stress. Uh, persistently elevated stress is the most common cause of brain zaps, and the only way that you can eliminate it is you got to reduce your stress. So, uh, Doctor Scott. You're the king of stress, re- non-pharmacologic stress reduction. Why don't you talk about that for a little bit?
5: Well, certainly, there's a bunch of different options. Um, guided meditation is one thing I love, and you can find a lot of great guided meditation uh, online. YouTube is a great source, and, and but sometimes it's great to get a counselor or someone in your area to help you with it. Certainly, I love the acupuncture for for stress release. Calms the system down, increases serotonin, decreases cortisol levels, and there's a lot of all natural things out there that are that are helpful for stress reduction, yeah. like beer, wine. Beer, wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's that's for some of us, but but no, we you know, we have we have we have a bunch of medications. You know, I personally love the 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 CBD oils, and and even some of the in in the states where
1: it's legal, I love some of the um, the. Uh, I think I figured out the legal thing with CBD oil. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's this drug called Epidiolex that just came out, and it's for childhood seizures. Mm -hmm. And CBD oil derived from uh, sativa plants, you know, pot plants, was Schedule One. Okay, meaning Mm -hmm. it was illegal. The FDA just rescheduled it to Schedule Five. Which just goes to show you, because Schedule Five are the things that really are not very abusable. It Just shows you it shouldn't have been Schedule One in the first place. Mm-hmm. But they scheduled it to Schedule Five so that it, these this insure or um, uh, pharmaceutical company could sell the damn stuff. Okay. But uh, so and you go well shit. Well, does that mean all CBD oil is Schedule Five? And it turns out no. As if it is derived from hemp plants, then it's apparently legal. Okay. If it's derived from pot plants, it's not legal, which sounds to smacks to me of a political thing rather than a real thing. Because if you're if you're not making decisions based on what's best for the patient or on what's real, i.e. science. Right. Then it's you're making a political 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 statement. So agreed if it's derived from hemp it's the same molecule cannabidiol is cannabidiol whether it comes from hemp or comes from pot right and but if it if it comes from hemp that's what they're selling at like Yoder's mm-hmm. Amish store <laughs> which is not too far from where we live and also selling at the pharmacies and health food health stores and stuff stores like there, that yeah now, I have a lot of people telling me, be careful, because the stuff that you buy in those places, they'll do GC mass spec on those, which is a way to to uh, you know do an analysis to see if a certain molecule is present. A lot of times, it's not present. Right. So you want to get it from a reputable place. I've got a uh, compounding pharmacy that I get mine from. I trust them right. <clears throat> to have the stuff that's been tested and actually has the stuff in it. I don't have bought it. Hmm. Uh, By the way, even the stuff that's derived from hemp may have as much as 0.3% THC in it. Right. That may be enough to trigger a very sensitive THC urine drug test. Hmm. The, um, we have a large employer around here employs 12,000 people. They just sent out a memo to everybody that says you can use CBD oil But if it gives you a positive uh, THC on your drug screen, you're out of here. Wow. So uh, and I can't tell you ahead of time Mm -mm. whether the CBD oil that you're going to take is going to trigger a positive THC test. So I'd be very careful about that. Either find out is there any tolerance for using CBD at the workplace if it triggers a-positive THC. Yeah. And if the answer is they don't have any tolerance for it, you're risking your job. Yep. Until they lighten up about this stuff. Hopefully, which will be soon. I hope so.
5: But, you know, if you can't use that, you know, there are other wonderful old Chinese medications for stress. You know, the one that we use out at our our office is Simply herbal Stress Less, which we've renamed, by the way. What? <laughs> well, we've renamed it Smile More Stress Less because we had this asshole in Atlanta that was... Harassing us about our
1: names. Oh, stressless, really? Yep. Oh, he had something himself that was, it was trademarked. It was, that was called Stressless.
5: Right, and I don't know why he's not suing Lipton Tea for their yeah. Stressless they say Stressless too, right? Hey, they sure do. And, and hang on, so I'm actually I'm actually considering changing the name to F U A K instead <laughs> of Smile More Stressless. Oh, I thought
1: you meant to F U to that guy. Um, yes, that's what I'm going to change it to. Yeah, here we go. New Lipton <laughs> Wellness product, Stressless Herbal. There you go. There you go. So surely. He's not just going after the little guy that he knows I he can think bully he's around. Going after the guys, yeah. Is that
5: right? Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm going to rename it. So, if we have all all of our friends out there in Radio Land, if they get online, they see an F U A K. That's just a new name for stressless. <laughs> oh, I see.
1: We've renamed
5: it. <laughs>
1: okay. So that's funny. Feel free to purchase that. But well, this guy's initials are ak by any chance
5: <laughs> uh oh gosh you know they are which yeah. oh is, what a quinky what, a, what a quinky
1: that is hilarious yeah, so. okay well that's dr scott everybody that's I'm me like, not, not anybody not, else that's not endorsing all me all any me. sort of uh taking sides in that so No, i'm always on your side yeah but it does seem ridiculous, ridiculous. that's how many nice. other places let's look let's just google stress they've less. got
5: stressless furniture oh There's really a furniture company yeah it's a bunch of bullshit And uh, quite honestly, I mean, we're just so small. I don't have the money for lawyers to fight them. So
1: we'll just... Change our name. Yep. Stressless Comfort Recliner uh-huh. Furniture. Oh it's even stressless.com exactly. is their website. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and this piece of shit. <laughs> well, okay. Now this. you're saying
5: that. I'm saying this is this is not has nothing to do with this show or <laughs> anyone affiliated with the show. This is strictly me. Okay.
1: <laughs> so all right. I, I had no idea we were getting into this kind of stuff when I was asking you to do the uh, the, the stress reduction thing. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of non-pharmacologic stress reduction massage exercise Doctor sure. finding out up. what's stressing you and getting yeah. out of that yeah. if it's some if it's your significant other go to counseling it really does help or get a divorce like i did or get much. a divorce but <laughs> I, you should try it's counseling expensive. first it's a very expensive, very expensive. <laughs> Count, you know a, a couple of sessions of counseling a lot cheaper than splitting up half your shit it's <laughs> very true all right And I am a big fan of yoga.
3: Hey, another dumbass question
4: for you.
1: No such thing. I've always
4: heard taking antibiotics and then drinking milk while you're taking antibiotics. Is there any, does the milk do anything to lessen the effects of the antibiotics?
1: Yes. Um, And it's specifically tetracycline antibiotics. Uh, If you drink milk with that, um, it will bind, the tetracycline will bind to the calcium and then it won't be absorbed. So that's all of that. And what adult is still drinking milk? Stop drinking milk. Don't drink milk. You're too old. (laughs) Hi,
5: Dr.
3: Steve. I had a question on a sleep study I had done. Okay. uh, Because I think I have sleep apnea. And the study showed that I had
4: uh, 64 respiratory events um, within an hour. And
1: my... O2 level dropped to 77%. Damn. Um, do those two
5: figures confirm that I possibly have sleep apnea?
1: Well, it depends. Yeah, I mean the um, the hypoxia, in other words, the dropping of the oxygen is certainly suggestive of that and I uh, but the insurance companies before they'll pay for uh, a CPAP or a BiPAP machine. Will require a little more information, but I'm sure they did all of this. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called the apnea hypopnea index, and uh, what that looks at, uh, it looks, it, it's an index that to indicate severity of apnea. It's re- represented by the number of apneas and hypopneas. So apneas totally stop breathing. Hypopneas are decreased breathing uh, per hour of sleep. And let's just say that yours was, let's say that the number that you are quoting is the apnea and hypopnea uh, together. And apnea has got to be at least 10 seconds and associated with a decrease in blood oxygenation. So if yours was greater than 30, you have severe sleep apnea. And you should be on um, uh, some program to improve that. Mm -hmm. So... What do you do? Well, the most common thing is um, a CPAP machine that's continuous positive airway pressure. And uh, the easiest way to do that is with a mask. And it just – all it does is supply uh, pressure. And you don't feel it. You feel the mask, obviously. But when the pressure is there, it's weird. When you take the thing off – there's a whole lot of flow that goes on when you take it off that you're not experiencing when it's on. Mm. You just the pressure simply keeps your airway open when you are um, uh, sleeping. So when you uh, the mechanism of obstructive sleep apnea is the tissues in the back of the throat and the upper pharynx uh, collapse during sleep. And most of these people snore because that 's part of it, but then you get this kind of mm. and then you and then you have to wake up mm. you have to wake up a little bit to open up your airway mm. so you 'll gasp and you 'll breathe real fast for a few minutes or a few seconds, and then you 'll go back into this again and this when you 're doing this what do he say sixty four times mm-hmm. that 's once a minute yep this is happening he 's spending. A great percentage of his day, a third of his day, if he gets eight hours of sleep, uh, being in an anaerobe. Yep. And you got to be asleep without waking up for 15 minutes before you get into REM sleep. If you don't get into REM sleep, then you're not getting good, restful sleep. Right. Poor hygiene. So he's uh, waking up once a minute. There's never any time when he's sleeping for 15 minutes. No. So you get the CPAP on now. When they do the CPAP uh sleep study, uh one of two things will happen, it'll either make it better and they can run the pressures up and down till they get you to open up your airway, uh or it may make it worse. There are people and I'm one of them that when you get the sleep CPAP on, you just stop breathing altogether. That's called central sleep apnea. Mm. So people who have obstructive and central sleep apnea, that's called complex sleep apnea syndrome, which of course course I have that. Of course you
5: have, yes.
1: (laughs) And those people need a thing called BiPAP. And what the BiPAP machine is, is it's a non-invasive ventilator. In other words, it uh, pushes air in when you don't breathe and uh, you breathe out against some resistance, which is the CPAP, you know, the expiratory part. Mm -hmm. And that keeps your airway open and it keeps you breathing. So uh, I have my pressures up pretty high and I can tolerate them now. Mm. But even then, every once in a while I'll have a night where I have 15 an hour. Mm. Now 15 an hour is considered moderate. It was severe, Jeez. but so it's better, but still 15 an hour it is one like a lot every, you know, every four minutes. Mm. I really want to get it down to, you know, uh, when I sleep eight hours and I've got three episodes an hour, I feel like I'm on speed. Oh, wow. You know, it you really feel so feels better. Oh, yeah, yeah, so much better. Hmm. So, but anyway, um, yeah, so this guy needs to have the follow-up, get it taken care of, and uh, uh, don't fuck around with this. No. The downside of sleep apnea is you fall asleep while you're driving. You fall asleep at your desk. You feel fatigued all the time. But worse than that, with, when, with severe sleep apnea, you can get right heart failure. Now, how in the hell does that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the lungs have this mechanism when there's a lack of oxygen to a certain part of the lung. Let's say that you get a clogged up section of the lung. Mm-hmm. There's no point in sending blood to that section anymore if it's dead. Right. So so the blood vessels around that area will detect low uh, alveolar, the, the alveoli are the little, you know, spongy places where oxygen goes, mm-hmm. and they'll notice that there's low oxygen in there, and so they will shunt blood away from that. Well, how do they do that? They contract or they constrict, and, and now there's increased pressure going to that area or – sorry – increased resistance to that area so blood will tend to shunt around that area well what happens when your whole lung is like that mm. each little capillary doesn't know that the other lung is doing the same effing thing mm. or that other even sections of the lung are doing it doesn't have a mechanism for that so it it constricts the blood vessels to the whole lung now you have increased resistance getting to the whole lung you end up with a thing called pulmonary hypertension mm. Mm. Uh, where it's hard to get blood into the lung because the heart's got to beat um, uh, extra Extra hard hard, to get this uh, uh, blood to flow through the lung. And you get pulmonary hypertension, and it's the right side of the heart that beats, you know, pumps to the lung. So then you'll get right atrial enlargement, right heart enlargement. You can get right heart failure. Mm -hmm. And then you start having um, uh, uh, sleep apnea and swelling of your extremities. Mm Okay? Okay. And that, if it's bad enough, it's called Pickwickian syndrome, and it's a sign that someone has had untreated sleep apnea for way too long. Wow. So don't let that happen to you. If you snore bad, if you are tired during the day, get a damn sleep study.
5: You know, I think a lot of people fear putting on a CPEP or BiPAP machine because they think they won't be able to sleep with it, no, and it's uncomfortable. It's the thing in the world. Yeah, but I, I encourage them to, to, there's a lot of new devices out yep. there and a lot of new um ways that they can help you breathe at night but it's fine i feel naked sleeping vital. without it now
1: yeah, yep. yeah you'll get used to it and there are a bunch of different ways they can do it right. jim norton posted a uh, picture of himself with his nasal pillows oh funny yeah so you know, i'm glad i'm not talking out of school because he posted no, it sure. on his twitter and uh you know i have the full face mask i thought i wouldn't like that i thought i would much prefer to have the nasal thing but the problem with the nasal thing is if you open your mouth all that air just comes flowing out of your mouth and it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. so uh, uh they recommended that i try the the full face mask and like i said the first night that i woke up and i thought i didn't have it on but i did have it on that's when i knew i was getting used to it good and uh now i can't sleep without it so all right get that shit checked Mm-hmm. agreed
4: Hey, Dr. Steve. I am uh, wondering something here. My uh, family has a history of snoring, and I believe I do too, because uh, I catch myself uh, snoring once in a while in my sleep. But the other part of it too is I heard you talking uh, a couple shows ago about uh, somebody having their uvea at the back of their throat uh, removed and I kind of hard to tell but I feel like that is making my voice sound just really weird uh, not it's almost like I it's blocking the back of my throat in a way um, all the time and I can see definitely see myself snoring because of that
1: yeah well, if you have a partner, they'll tell you if they're snoring. The other thing that you can do is record yourself right, uh, during the night if you don't have a partner. And you can hear, and then you can tell if you're stopping breathing. Uh, if you have the fatigue and all that stuff, get a sleep study. Yep. One of the things that can be done, and that's why I wanted to play this phone call next, is a th- is a surgery called a uvulopalatopharyngeoplasty. And it's also known by the abbreviation UPPP. And it is a surgical procedure where they take out the uvula and they, um, uh, uh, they tack up the decrease the size of the small of the soft palate. Okay. And uh, what'll happen with this, of course, is you you know it changes the way your palate is. It may change your voice, mm-hmm. but I've I've known people that have this now when they uh, drink certain liquids. If they're not really careful, it comes flying out their nose, oh, wow. stuff like that. But it uh, it tightens up all those tissues so that you're less likely to obstruct mm. uh, your airway if uh, when you're lying supine. In okay. other words, fa- face up. On your up. back, right. Yeah, lying hey, on your back.
5: May, may, may we talk real quickly, though, just, yep. just, just for everybody's clarity. As far as sleep studies, yep. The they have a couple versions, right? Yep. And I think that would be something to clarify for a lot of folks. They may not know okay. what, what yeah, a sleep sure. study is exactly because
1: you could do the take home. Well, okay. So the take home is a screening test, right? So what they'll do is they'll give you um, a probe that you put on your finger, like a pulse ox you've had it. Yep, it, okay. like a pulse oximetry. Mm-hmm. So it's a probe on your finger that will will look at your oxygen saturation, and then you wear a band around your chest. Mm-hmm. And the band on your chest has an actuator in it or, uh, or a sensor that can tell when you're expanding your chest and when you're contracting it. Got gotcha. you. And what they can look at is over time, you'll see the sine wave as you're breathing up and down, up mm-hmm. and down, up and down. As this uh, sensor, uh, you know, the stretch receptor uh, uh, notices when you're breathing uh, in and out. Mm-hmm. When you stop breathing, of course, you'll see a straight line. Mm-hmm. And then we correlate that. With because you line it up, you know, you set the the time. It, um, you know, it, it, they all start together. Synchronize right. the two clocks, right. and then you can see as this straight line kicks in. You can see the the uh, oxygen saturation start to decrease, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a positive uh, screening test. You can't put somebody on CPAP because of that, but that'll tell you, is it worth doing a sleep study? Mm -hmm. Then during the sleep study, they kind of already know you have sleep apnea. So they'll let you kind of cycle for an hour and then they'll slap the mask on you Mm -hmm. and they'll do a uh, titration study, which means they will uh, run the pressure up uh, until they see that you're no longer obstructing. And then if they see that you stop breathing and you have complex sleep apnea, they'll turn the BiPAP machine on. Gotcha. Gotcha. And they can do that all in one thing. It used to be two and three different sleep studies, but now it's all in one. Good. That's what I thought. And it should have been with that other guy. Right. They should have already tried him on a mask and said, dude, you need a mask. (laughs) But now if they just do a regular sleep study to diagnose you and they don't put the mask on – and they tell you you have sleep apnea, then you got to go back and do the sleep study with the mask. Okay, got gotcha. you. Okay, and uh, in you know in serious cases or people, you know for whatever reason that uh, uh, need to have um, surgery done, then they can you do this uvulopalatopharyngoplasty. And anytime you hear "plasty" on the end of a procedure, it means that they're going to change the shape of it. Okay. All right. Ostomy means they're going to make a hole in it. Automy means they're going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And plasty means they're going to somehow change the shape. It's like plastic surgery. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just seeing. Um, yeah, UPPP is typically administered to patients with obstructive sleep apnea in isolation. It's administered as a standalone procedure in the hope that the tissue which obstructs the patient's airway is localized in the back of the throat. The rationale is that by moving... By removing the tissue, the patient's airway will be wider and breathing will become easier. So let me see what the effectiveness of it is. Uh, the results are variable, as explained. Uh, sleep apnea is often caused by multiple coexisting obstructions. So not only that, and, uh, but it doesn't say, it doesn't give me any statistics. So anyway, all right. Hi, Dr.
4: Steve. I rarely have seasonal allergies, but this spring I was having some nose and ear congestion. So I picked up Allertech, which is a generic Zyrtec. And within a day or so, everything cleared up. After about six weeks, I went away and forgot it for a few days and had horrid itching on my feet and legs, but I assumed it was crappy hotel detergents. Then two weeks ago, I wanted to stop the Zyrtec, and after about 48 hours, I started having that horrible itching and breakouts all over my legs and body. Yeah. They were so bad it was making me feel sick to my stomach and wake up in the middle of the night. No creams or anything seemed to help. The Itching would go away for a few hours, then come back for a few. Now, almost two weeks later, it finally stopped itching. I'm just wondering if SirTech withdrawal was a normal thing. The Google results seem to say so, but the Internet seems to be the only worse place for medical advice than somebody on the radio.
1: Yeah, got it. (laughs) Well, um, what he's having is antihistamine withdrawal. And, uh, of course, we'll use antihistamines for people who are itching because very often histamine is the cause of their itching. Other times it can be activation of what we call peripheral mu opioid receptors. Those are people who have itching with, like, liver failure. Mm -hmm. So antihistamines usually won't do much for them. But um unbearable itching after withdrawal of antihistamines is not a common phenomenon. As a matter of fact, you go to PubMed and you don't find a lot of published reports of this association. Uh I I did find an article uh called Unbearable Paritis After Withdrawal of Levocetirizine," which um uh is you know a non-drowsy antihistamine from twenty sixteen in Drug Safety Case Reports, which is a journal, and they they looked at 12 different uh, people who had this exact thing. And um, so they uh, said uh, levocetirazine is reported to cause problems with kidneys and liver. It's unlikely cause of the pruritus in these cases. So um, they, they, they don't know. They said how long-term treatment... Of uh, with uh, non-drowsy antih- antihistamines can cause this withdrawal reaction isn't own, you know it's got to be a, sim- a stimulation of histamine though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very commonly prescribed drug and you can get them over the counter, and so it just you know uh, I'm going to read their conclusion It says based on the cases reported to the Netherlands Pharmacovigilance Center, we suggest a causal relation between the withdrawal of levocetirizine and the occurrence of unbearable pruritus. Um, you know, um, health professionals should be aware of this, and that's, you know, <laughs> didn't give any answers. Wow, it's tough. So, yes, it can happen. It's uncommon t- mm-hmm. to the point where I would say it's rare. Right. But, yeah, it can happen. And, um, you know, you've got a couple of choices at that point. You can go back on the stuff and then taper off. And the nice thing about it, these are most of them are tablets. Mm-hmm. They can be cut in half and then cut in quarters and see if that helps. If that doesn't help, uh, then there are other medications that you can use for itching that may be of some assistance, including steroids, just Mm. to get you through the withdrawal, which probably won't last more than a week or two. Yeah. But uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Jeez. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Mm. Of course, he called like six years ago. Mm. All right. I think we got time. Hey,
4: Dr. Steve. This is Mike from New York. Hey, Mike. Back in December, I tripped and hurt my thigh. It never bruised, but I limped for about three or four days. About a week and a half ago, in uh, late February, early March, I noticed a lump appeared in the same area where I initially hurt it. I was just wondering if that could be a sebaceous cyst or something else, and should I have it checked?
1: Possibly, but the most likely cause is that you did have a bruise there and you didn't see it because it was in the thigh. Mm-hmm. Could be very deep, mm-hmm. and a hematoma in the thigh, which is a really you know just squishy big, big muscle, big you know muscle full or of blood, collection of muscle that's just full of blood. Uh, uh, when that hematoma goes away, it's got first off. You get a hematoma on the back of your hand, it's not got a whole lot of uh, space to expand. Sure. In the thigh, does, lots yep. of expa- – so there can be a large collection of blood there. When it goes away, the body can can remove that. But what it can't remove for whatever reason is the calcium left behind by that hematoma. Mm-hmm so uh, whether you know it's inorganic calcium it just can't There's get some rid of granulated it granulated tissue in there too and you end up with a big chunk of calcium mm-hmm. and yeah and there may be some uh, some uh, uh, connective tissue uh, associated with it and uh, you'll get a lump and uh, that's what it is and if you get an x-ray you may see a a thing of calcium there now if this thing is growing or is painful anything like that you got to get it checked and you should get your uh, primary care to check it anyway Mm -hmm. just to feel it so they'll know that it's there in case it ever changes they can uh, feel like they've got uh, some baseline that they can go on all right So there you go. Thanks always go to Dr. Scott. Um, Appreciate you being here. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemails and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.